0: Thank you for supporting Overcommerce Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. In their actions. Basically, they were not jiggy wine. They were phony. Actors, as one definition gives it. And the thing was, they were a phony or they were, em- excuse me, Excuse me, phony in their relationship with Jesus and the relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship you will ever be in in your entire life. If any relationship you, you don't want to be phony is your relationship with Jesus. You want to be real when you have a relationship with the king of kings and the lords of Lord. But Jesus knew the heart. In fact, look at Matthew 15 and verse eight. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The heart represents their appetites, their desires, their passions, their emotions, their choices. All of this was far from him. And if anybody knows your heart, Jesus does. Listen, you may trick us all day long, but Jesus knows our heart. We have to be careful to ensure that our lifestyles exemplify that we are truly followers of Christ. We don't don't, don't want to be known as the Pharisees and the scribes were as they taught Christianity, but their actions did not line up with their talk. Now, we see here instead of the Pharisees and Jesus called them out on it. Jesus said, hey, your heart is not right toward me. Now instead of the Pharisees and the scribes using this as an opportunity opportunity to get uh to build their relationship with Jesus like some of us they were offended they were offended they they stumbled they fell away they were enticed to sin uh because truth is confrontation no matter how you look at it how you Dyson, truth is confrontational, but it will help if we submit to godly truth. It's dangerous to be caught up in our feelings and emotions to the point that our immaturity allows us to be easily offended. We don't want to be easily offended. I'm not saying you won't be offended. I'm just saying don't be easily offended. Offended to the point that your relationship with Jesus is hindered. I, I you're going to be, listen, I pray that you never are offended. I pray that everything will just roll off your back and you're never offended. But every now and then, just in case you do, don't fall out with the master. Don't fall out with Jesus. Listen, your parents may offend you, but don't fall out with your parents because they offend you. Your pastor may offend you, but don't fall out with your pastor when when he offends you. Because I'm feeding you knowledge and understanding according to Jeremiah 3.15. God will offend you every now and then. But you got listen. You can't run away from God because God, you live by every word that proceeds out the mouth of the living God. We don't want to hinder our growth large because people refuse to tell us the truth because they don't want to deal with pouting and getting mad. Now, I would ask the question, have you ever wanted to say something, but you was afraid that when you said something to them, they would pout or get mad? So you just avoided the whole confrontation. You don't want to deal with their mouth. You don't want to deal with their attitude because even though you wanted to help them, you had a good intention, but because of, of their previous encounter with them, you said, you know what? I don't want to deal with their powder. I don't want to deal with them getting mad. I want to deal with them trying to raise an attitude. I don't want to deal. Listen, they'll take a 15 minute conversation and turn into hours based off of, some, of something you say. You're like, I don't want to deal with that. How many have ever dealt with somebody like that? You say, I don't want to deal with that because I don't want to deal with their power. I don't want to deal with them getting mad. I want to deal with them. Lord, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to help them get better. And that is just uh, a part of life. Jesus had a remedy for their immaturity. In fact, I believe the same is true for us when we get to the point that we refuse to hear and accept truth as it relates to our faith and our our Christ-like thinking, talking, and actions. In fact, let's look at verse 13, Matthew 15 and verse 13. He says this, but he answered and said, now remember that he said that these Pharisees were offended. His response is this. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Every plant not planted is easily disconnected. It's easily disconnected. You always offended at truth, always offended at what Jesus saying is right. Always offended with God tells you something that will help you to get better. And but you refuse to receive it because you may think you're better than what you really think you are. And then he says this. Notice how he puts it here. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted, disconnected, no longer connected to the vine, as he talked about in another passage of scripture. And when you disconnected from the vine, you can look fine. You can have green leaves on you, but sooner or later you're going to wither away. And we don't want to be in a situation where we're going to wither away when we get offended at what people tell us. We don't want to be in that kind of type of situation. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 15 and verse 14. Let them alone. Read to you out in the New King James Version Bible. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Jesus told disciples to leave them alone. Disregard them. Neglect them. One definition that really stood out stood out to me. Give up on them. I never want God to give up on me. I never want God to say, you know what? He he or she don't want to do what I'm telling him to do. Let him alone. I don't never want God. Uh, listen, I never want God to stop correcting me for those he loves, those he chastises or corrects. If I'm, listen, I don't want to go into a service and I go to service after service and I never hear a word that corrects me about my actions. Because I know sooner or later I'm going to do something. And you may not know it, but God know it. And he'll feed us knowledge and understanding which will correct us and cause us to think, talk, and act more like Jesus. It takes something to, to hear a word like that and not to be offended. People will not always tiptoe around us to avoid offending us. They might just give up and leave us in our state of thinking and acting. Sad, but some people God has given up on according to the text. You say, but God would never leave me nor forsake me. He will give up on you though. Notice what he said, let them alone. I don't ever want to go to service after service and I never hear the Holy Spirit speaking into my spirit. Even if nothing but says, listen, you need to pray just a little bit more. Even if you need to give a little bit more, you need to be nicer than what you are. Whatever God got to tell me, I want to be in a position to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because if I don't if he ain't saying nothing to me, I go a whole service, he ain't saying nothing to me. He hasn't encouraged me. He hasn't corrected me. He hasn't said nothing to me. Something's wrong with that picture. I should hear something in the message that said, you know what? God got me. Listen, I'm on his mind. I am on his mind. I like that about God. I like that about God. We also have to learn the importance of obeying God when he tells us to let go of some people. Even though we want to hold on to them, if we are going to obtain bigger and better, how many want bigger and better? Hallelujah! Thank God for bigger and better. We have, we may have to change our perspective on how we deal with certain people. We got to alter, it. we got to modify, we got to adjust it. Some people we have let come into our lives, and the Holy Spirit says you need to cut that person off. Well, you may, have, I like them. They, they are. No, you know they really ain't at your friend like you think they are. And we know it. It, it don't take much for God when he started dealing with us about letting certain people go. We know it. It just, we, we, don't, we, we got, became emotionally attached to them. And the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you got to, uh, sever that emotional attachment to them. I can imagine even some of the ones that Jesus was speaking to in the text when he says, let them alone. They could have been friends with some of those scribes and Pharisees that were there. But he listened. It did not matter to Jesus because he realized that their heart condition would have messed them up if they would have hung around them. And sometimes you got to be careful. The people you let get close to you, you got to watch their heart. Because their heart can take you away from Jesus. Jesus. There, the way they think about Jesus, the way they talk about Jesus, and the way they act about Jesus, they can listen. If you keep on following them, they can lead you away from the Master. And and, again, and it's subtle sometimes because of their thinking, the talking, and acting. But the Bible says this: Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. In other words, listen. Don't have friends with them. Don't don't let them come into your influence. We also we also have to see the importance of obeying God. It, it's not always easy sometimes, but you got to obey him. And see, when you don't want to change, something is going on when you don't want to change. We see in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through 11, that the children of Israel did not make it into the promised land because of the hardness of their heart. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. I want to show you this in Scripture. I want to show the, the importance of, of letting go of a hard heart. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. You, know, you remember that when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, your heart is don't want to change. Same thing happened to the these people that were in The wilderness. And in verse 9 it says, when your father's tested me, tried me, and saw my works, Forty years. Now notice, one thing about God, judgment is not quick for God. We see the judgment, but it really is not that quick. Forty years he he tried these folks. Forty years he wanted them to change their heart. Forty years he wanted them to get right. That's a long time. Let me say this to you. Pastor dollars probably ain't that patient. Forty years to wait for somebody to change their heart. How many, listen, anybody here 40 years old? Exactly 40 years old. 41, 42? All right, a back there. Okay, I see you, brother. a so back there. As long as, think about it. As long as she been living, God was trying to get them folks to change their heart. That's a long time, y'all. I'm, I'm not saying she's old, but you'll follow what I'm saying here. That's a long time to get somebody to change their heart. I mean, you go then to change their mind and then it take them 40 years and they still don't want to change their mind. Not if I'm asking you to change your mind, but I'm saying God is asking you to change your mind and you still don't want to change after 40 years. I, I got sometimes I have a problem with folks in 40 minutes. So I know 40 years, I'll be falling off the wagon in 40 years. I'll be, at Lord, y'all had to pray for me in the 40 years. 40 years now, my brother. 40 years, my sister, to change your mind and you don't change it. Woo wee Boy, that's something right there. Let's go and read the rest of that. Verse 10. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. In verse 11, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Woo-wee. Look at that, 40 years, God was trying to change their mind and they wouldn't do it. Now, I don't know how your heart got to be something else you want not change in 40 years. But let me say this here. There are people out there that have not changed their heart in 40 years. Now, listen, they still, they know what's right, but they and they ignore what God is saying, and they got what the Bible calls a hard heart, the hardness of their heart. They're stubborn. And you know what's, what's really sad about this? And the definition says it in here. They refuse to change their opinion or course of action. It's not that they don't know. They just refuse to do it. It's not that they don't know what to do. It's not like they have not had knowledge and understanding. It's not like somebody hasn't told them. They just refuse to do it. That is something else. Tell somebody, don't refuse God. 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 We don't want to miss out on the promises of God due to a lack of willingness to change or be connected to people who refuse to change. Oh, you got to be careful about being connected to the ones that refuse to change. Think about this. You, they refuse to change and you're trying to hang with folks that refuse to change. Boy, you're in a bad shape right now. Listen, they don't want to change and you're trying to hang with folks that don't refuse to change. Can you see why Scripture, and we ain't got there yet, can't you see the blind leading folks? One thing about the Scriptures here, blind folks lead folks. It's sad. They can't spiritually see, but they're leading folks. And what's sad about it, when you recognize that the person leading you is blind, if you keep on following them, when you know they're blind. Boy, that's a sad place to be in it. You know they're blind. This hey, is the thing about it. S- spiritually blind folks. I-, I thought about this. They can only go so far without running into some sort of obstacle along the way. Spiritually blind folks are leading other folks. Oh God. That's, 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 that's that I believe the main reason that Jesus told disciples to leave the Pharisees alone is because they were spiritually blind. What does a blind mean there? Unwilling to change. They're allowing the enemy to play with their mind. Doing only part of the word. See, when you say, we say you're spiritually blind, we're saying you are unwilling to change. You're like these children of Israel. You, listen, you heard the word, you know what the word says, you understand it, but yet you refuse to change. Another definition is they Allow the enemy to play with the mind. They allow the enemy to trick them. They allow the enemy to to persuade them. They allow the enemy to trick them or change their mind to what they know is right. Another definition is they doing only part of the word. They know the word, but yet they're only doing part of it. Listen, they do the part that's convenient for them, but the part that's not convenient, they say, I don't want to do that. That's a little bit too hard for me. Oh, you don't want to be in that kind of situation. Because let me say this to you. If you want godly results, you've got to do got to do all of it. You got to do all of it you can not just do part of the Word. you got to be a doer of all that God instructs you to do. Now, I understand. Listen, when you're learning it, but once you know it, it's time for us to do all of it. And when we don't, it's time to repent. But these are spiritually blind folks. I thought about this example. We talked about this recently here. You remember that when... Uh, me, the howling. One thing about the howling. The howling did part of his job, but the howling did not do all of his job. Because remember, the howling saw the wolf coming. He saw the wolf coming. He was looking out for the wolf, but he did not warn the sheep about the wolf. He did part of the job, but he didn't do all of his job. And what happened is the wolf got. Listen, the wolf. Excuse me. The sheep got scattered when he did not do the job he was supposed to be doing. That's why he was considered in Highland. People who are unwilling to allow the word of God to change them in a manner that allows the Holy Spirit to impact them, they are headed to some ditch living. They're they're headed to the ditch. Because when they allow the, excuse me, people are willing to allow the word of God to change them in a manner that allows the Holy Spirit to affect them or influence them, they are headed to ditch living When people... When someone follows others who cannot spiritually see and understand the power that Jesus has to change, deliver, protect, and prosper them, they might eventually fall into a ditch. When an individual is following somebody who can't see the power of Jesus, they will end up in a ditch. I want to go a little bit further into that ditch because ditch means destruction. You will end up in destruction. And why? Because you're following somebody who can't see the power of Jesus. You're following somebody who can't see that God is a deliverer. You're following somebody who can't see that God is a protector. You follow somebody who sees who can't see that God is prospering them. You're following somebody who cannot see Jesus. And that's a sad place to be in because if they can't see Jesus, how in the world can they direct you toward Jesus? If they can't follow the master, how can they lead you to follow the master? When they are not following Jesus, then what kind of situation will we be in? People become twisted in their thinking and their actions within the others and fall into their own self-created ditch. They call it self-created ditch. Go with me to Psalm 7. Psalm 7. Psalm 7. Hallelujah. But when the blind lead the blind, they fall into the what? Ditch. They They fall into the ditch. Psalm 7, verse 14, reads as follows. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. Notice he made the ditch that he fall into. Isn't it sad? If you know where the ditch is, it will behoove you. I mean, if you if you put it ditch out there and i don't know where it is if i fall into it then i can i can see that you know what i'm saying especially when it's dark you got to cover it up or you got to camouflage whatever that case you dug the ditch you know what the ditch is and yet you fall into your own ditch i don't know about you but that's a sad state to be in spiritually but folks do it all the time that's what that's what we're saying here in the book of psalms he said you dug the ditch out yourself And now you forgot where the ditch is that you dug. And then you fell into the ditch that you dug. Now, I'm sorry, y'all. I just That just shows me that the wages of sin is what? Death. It shows me that when you're a sinner, you'll do some stuff like that. But when you start practicing sin and living a life of sin, the very ditch that you dig out, you're just going to fall into it. Isn't that sad? But people do it all the time. The very, very drugs they take, they end up falling to the very drugs. The very lies that they tell end up falling to them lies right now. The, the life, ungodly life they live, they end up falling in that ungodly life. And they what's sad about it. Once they get in there, they only ask for help to get out. That's what the problem is. See, let me say this to you. Sooner or later, you're going to fall in something. All right? You're going to fall in something. You're going, to, you're going to do something. You're going to do something because you're going to make a mistake somewhere along the way. But when you get in there, don't just sit in there talking about, well, I'm in the ditch. Now, what am I going to do? That's what people do. They, they fall into the ditch, and they just sit there. And Jesus says, won't you just ask me for help? Why not you want you to uh, listen? This ask me to help you get out of this situation. Now I'm getting on my own. Brother, you getting out of that ditch on your own. Sister, you ain't getting out of that ditch on your own. You dug that ditch so nobody can get out of it, not even yourself. <laughs> Woo! And see, I've been down this road. I've got myself in the stuff, called myself gonna get out of it on my own. Well, I can figure my way out. I can figure my way out. And start going up the side. And one thing about this ditch, you can start digging up the side all you want to. You may not get up a foot or two, but sooner or later, you're going to fall right back into the very ditch that you dug. Interesting definition for dug. I'm going to read this definition to you. You don't have one on your sheet, but just follow me as I read it. It means to cast down. It means to fail. It means to cast down to fail. And this definition really stood out to me. To cast down to a violent death. To cast down to a violent death. When an individual digs their own ditch, when they fall into it, if they're not careful, it'll lead to death. That's why the book in Romans 6 and 23 says, reminds us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let's go to Romans 6 23. Oh, let me, let me read, let me finish reading this sentence to you. Uh, you may already left, but let me finish, uh, 15 and 16. His trouble shall return upon his own head. Psalms 7 and 15. He made a pit and dug it out and fall into the ditch which he made. 16. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I thought about this. You get in the ditch. The ditch that you dug, you fell into. Now the dirt that you thrown out is now being thrown back on top of you. And you're being consumed in your own sin. And you see people out there every day, they're consumed in their own sin. They are consumed. I, I, I'm talking about just they're consumed in it to the point that, listen, it they can't get out because really the dirt they throw out can keep throwing back on themselves. That's why you need a savior that can get you out of the ditch. And God went down to the lower parts and to get people like me and you out of the ditch. That's why we needed a savior. That's why we needed a healer. That's why we needed a deliverer. That's why God went down to the uttermost to get people like me who had dug themselves in a the ditch. Woo! Uh Sunday school teacher talked about it today, how that we can get down so low, but God ain't afraid to get down low with us and to get us out of the ditch we got ourselves into. Lord, we may be in a drinking ditch, a lying ditch, an unforgiveness ditch, a jealousy ditch, but God will get you out of the ditch. Woo! How many can testify to the fact that God got you out of the ditch? I mean, you know, you wouldn't have got on your own. How many tried to get on your own, You realize you couldn't get out on your own. But you know, when you got hold of Jesus, Jesus got you out of the ditch. Jesus got you out and delivered you from your own ditch. That you know on yourself. Let's go to the other scriptures. Um, Romans 6, 23. You see why Jesus said this to the scribes and the Pharisees? Because really, he was telling them, "You have dug your own ditch by you unwilling to change." I can't help you because you don't want help from the one who gets you out. You think these disciples can get you out of the ditch? Oh no, they can't get you out. You remember when um, uh, the brother was wrapped up in gray clothes, Lazar? He was wrapped up. Now, disciples couldn't get they could they could take the gray clothes off. They can not get him out of that grave though. No, they couldn't get him out of that grave. Only Jesus could get him out of the grave. And when Jesus got him out, oh, in the grave they know, what, well, this was, was cat, was, was, was dug out from the side of a, a, hill. But they had to get the dirt out. And they put him in there. And only Jesus could get him out of it. Well, listen, the Bible says he almost, uh, one translation basically says he floated up out of there. And when he got out, he said, now, disciples, you, you take the grave clothes off of. Remember that we work with Jesus in what we do for the kingdom. Only God can get folks out the ditch, but we work with people to get them delivered. Are y'all following me here? That's why it's important that when God leads you somebody to help them, you can help them. Remember, he can help Lazarus. He couldn't help these folks. Because why? They was unwilling to change. They was unwilling to change. And what's sad about it? God had the power and still has the power to help people get out of their ditches. You know he does. You know God ain't scared of no ditch. I don't care. You dig that thing 40 feet deep and 90 feet wide. That's a big ditch. You throw all the dirt in the world on it, but Jesus can still get you out of it. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me out of it. You can be in the ditch for 40 years, and God can get you out of it. Hallelujah. All right. I'm sorry. I got a little excited about the di- God getting us out of the ditch. Let me go to Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's why when you read a scripture like this, somebody digging their own ditch out, a pit of destruction and corruption. God can get a person out. But listen, if you dig it and you don't want to get out, the wages, the pay, the allowance, what is given for work is to pay for sin and ditch living is death. The wage of sin is death. Death is to be eternally separated from God. The payment is death, which Jesus paid so that we can live. Thank God that God he paid the price for our lives. So that we could live. In my opinion, the problem with the scribes and the Pharisees is that when the Lord told them about their heart, remember that he was having discussions about their heart, they were insulted by his words and they refused to hear his message of truth. maturity, can cost us if we become so insulted with the messengers of truth in our lives that we ignore the message of truth. You can't be so insulted by the messenger that you forget the message. And that, understand this, they were offended by his words. Remember, the disciples came with him and said, I, I wonder how they how they heard it. And I thought about this, but the Bible doesn't really say. But remember, the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, they were Pharisees were offended at what you said. They were insulted by what you said. They, uh, listen, they were offended. So they had a hard time receiving from Jesus because they were offended. And if we're offended by his messengers, it's hard for us to receive the message before. Somebody said something to me one time and the way it was saying truth but they were saying it in such a manner I couldn't hardly hear them. Y'all ever been there before? Keep praying for the rest of us. Alright? They were saying truth but the way they said it I was hey, hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm bagging up. Because see, just because I may look like I'm receiving it, don't mean I am receiving it. Y'all see the difference there. And just because I may not look like I'm receiving sometimes I hear, and, and I, some of y'all some of y'all give to this. You ever dipped in the conversation that wasn't yours? Look how y'all looking it. If y'all didn't raise your hand, I know most of y'all be lying in here. See, we hear what we want to hear. That's the point I'm making right there. Sometimes you ain't in the conversation, but you're here and you'll dip into it. Just get some juicy go- gossip or nuggets or whatever you want to get. Or it could be some good information you're just trying to receive. Whatever the case, we'll dip in. But if we don't want to hear that conversation, we'll shut it off. Like sometimes my daughter and my wife will be talking about um, some stuff. And I hear it, like, oh, God, let me dip out of this conversation right here. Because they'd be talking some stuff. I mean, it'd be deep stuff. It'd be way over my head because they're real smart, intelligent people. And I'd be like, "Well, oh, let me stay out of this conversation right here. But then they're talking about, you know, I'm going to get some Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm like, hey, y'all got my attention right there. Y'all see the difference? I'm going to big chain. Woo! Yeah, they got my attention. See, people hear what they want to hear. People hear what they want to hear. Like there's a post right now who had two of me out, said I said Krispy Kreme. Woo, Krispy Kreme. I don't know what he said, but he said Krispy Kreme, y'all. And so people hear what they want to hear. See, you can't tune out the messenger because you don't like the message, especially when God is giving you something. Because we choose what we want to hear. And that's what we saw with the children of Israel over in uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And we also see it in this particular text right here. They chose not to hear. Now, Jesus told them they were blind. They were blind. He told them they were blind. They were blind. Inability to see truth are spiritual, are spiritually blind. They couldn't see the truth. Look at three identifying traits of spiritual blind people. Matthew 23, 23 through 24. First one. And the first one we have down is hypocrites. Hypocrites wanting to do some of the word, not all of the word. Let's go to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. And verse 23 and 24. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe for mint and anise and coming and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Remember, they did part of the word, but not all of the word. Blind guys who strain out a net and swallow a camel. You do part of it, but you don't want to do all of it. Listen. Strain over stuff that shouldn't be strained over. And then want to swallow a camel. Look at that, boy. Something. He said, Jesus had a problem with these folks right there. The second one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Allow the enemy to play with the mind. Allow the enemy to play with the mind. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, watch this, the God of this age has what? Blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. They're allowing the enemy to play with their mind. Allowing the enemy to play with their mind. And Matthew 15 and 14, what we're just currently in unwilling to change, unwilling to change. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. And let me say this to you before I go on to my next point. The spiritually blind repent and follow the omniscient God. If you find yourself being blind, doing part of the work, unwilling to change, or find yourself in one, in one of these categories, repent. Ask God to forgive you. God can get you out of the ditch you created. He can get you out. Now, the Bible says we it's a self-made ditch now. We dug it out ourselves, but God can get us out of it. There's not a ditch God can't get you out of. Not one. You could be in that thing for 38 years, and God will get you out of it. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Oh, she was in a serious situation. God got her out of that situation. God is a healer, a deliverer. He can make a way out of no way. God can do it for us. I believe one of the ways that we can make sure that we are not spiritually blind is to follow the omniscient God who will lead us into all truth according to John 16 and verse 13. Let's go to John 16 and verse 13. John 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Omniscient means all-knowing, infinite knowledge. God knows everything. And when God, you, your relationship with Jesus gets stronger, it becomes clear as to how we should adhere to his guidance. The more you follow the God, the more you can follow the God. The more you follow Jesus, the more you can follow Jesus. And those that follow the omniscient God are known as disciples. And disciples want to know truth. Jesus identifies his disciples who abide in him as those who seek truth based on John 8, 31 and 32. Go to John 8, 31 and 32. When you are a follower of Jesus, you want to know truth. You want to know truth. How do I know you follow Jesus? Because you want to know his truth. And you're allowing his truth to change you for the better. You realize that you you ain't made it yet. you saying, God, you know what? I'm grateful for where I am, but God, I appreciate the fact you are revealing more truth to me. Why? Because I know his truth is going to make us what? Friends. John eight thirty one and 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. free. Going to make you free. Truth means this, what is true under any circumstances, no falsehood, the written and revealed word of God. See, truth is going to be true no matter what. No matter what, no matter where you go, truth is going to be true. That's one thing we can know about Jesus. Truth is going to be truth. That's why when John 16 and 13 is so important to us as followers of Jesus, because his written and revealed word of God enables us to receive the spirit of truth who comes to guide us into all truth. And this is what you need to understand. God wants to guide you in all truth in every area of your life. He wants to show you the way. Listen, if you want to be a better father, God can show you the way. If you want to be a better Christian, a better prayer, God can show you the way. If you want to be a better follower of Jesus, he can show you the way. Anything you want from God, if you ask him, he can guide you to all truth. Why? Because he knows everything. He, There's nothing that God does not know. Not a subject matter God does not know about. He is an expert at everything. He is the all-knowing God. He's a teacher, too. Thank God that he knows how to teach. And what's beautiful about God, God will use people to teach you. How you know, Pastor Dobbs? Listen, it's amazing how people don't have a problem with school, but sometimes they have a problem with church. Thank you all for the five amens right there. Glory be to God. God knows how to teach his people. And And he's teaching us in every area of our lives. Not just one area, but every area. Give me a few minutes, we'll close up. Our spiritual and natural life becomes easier to navigate in every area, such as prayer, worship, witnessing, love, study of scripture, maturity in Christ, etc. We make better financial decisions, relationship choices, and have better job performance. We are just doing better. One thing I thought about the Lord has to teach you how to love how he the way he wants you to love. I know you say that something, but no, it ain't neither, because we can get caught up in emotions when it comes to love. When God has telling us love is a choice, love is a choice. We got to choose to love. I mean, you know, there's some people you got to choose to love them because they're not exactly lovable. But God will teach you how to love people who are not lovable. Well, I got some folks quiet in here, but I know I'm telling the truth on that one, boy. You got to learn how to love. And God, you can't go by what well, you can't go by what folks tell you Neither. You got to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into how to love. Some people ain't got no problem because they just sweet and sweet and nice as they want to be. But then there's some folks. Well, you know, Hallelujah. You got to learn how to love because they got you know they can just say stuff. They only, they they've been doing this so long they don't realize that sometimes they got a nasty disposition. You can have coworkers like that. You can have people, cause you know, when folks first get on a, or start working with you, they put it on a front. But once they get comfortable, they let that front down and the real them come out. See, the one that got past the interviewing process, that wasn't really them. They interviewed another person. But when they got on the job, the real them begin to, 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 um, surface. And now that, that's who you're really working with. Because many was going to put on a nice face when it comes to an interview. But the real us come out when you got to work, ex- you know, overtime. When you got somewhere to go and you running late or a supervisor say something to you, correct it. Oh, the real you come out then. And you got to learn how to love people just like that. And you can't let their love affect you like your the love of God should affect them. Y'all see the difference there? Oh, y'all ain't never seen somebody interview. You probably did yourself. You interview one way, but you the real you, you couldn't let that one come out, really. You had to wait till you got 90 days in. <laughs> all right. Then I'm talking to two people. The rest of y'all just pray for the rest of us, okay? Just pray for the rest of us. You got to learn how to love. You got to learn how to love. The Holy Spirit will guide us to all truth, like John 16 and 13, because he does not speak on his own authority. His influence was power. But that which he hears, he will speak, and he will tell us things to come. You know you're doing with the Holy Spirit because he's going to show you things to come. That's going to help the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. The authority of God's word invokes his will in our situation. The authority of God's word invokes our will in our situation. I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to be free. Thank God he wants us to be free. Thank God he wants us to be free. Set at liberty to be liberated from sin so that we that we are at liberty to see and receive bigger and better. We can all see. Now notice the difference between the blind God and the one who can see Jesus. The one who can't see Jesus, you're gonna end up in the ditch. And we don't want to follow nobody that's gonna lead us to a ditch. You know why? Some just got out of a ditch. We don't need nobody to lean us back into another ditch. I just got out the ditch. I just got delivered from my lying ways. I got delivered from jealousy. I got delivered from unforgiveness. I got delivered from non giving I got delivered from non-worship. I don't want to be led back into the things that God delivered me from. I want to be able to see Jesus so I can give God glory. I want to be I want to be able to see Jesus so I know the word of God is working with me with knowledge and understanding. I want to be able to see Jesus so that when I give, it's going to be giving back to to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I want to be able to see Jesus that he is a healer. That whatever I'm dealing with when it comes to sickness and disease, God will deliver me from that disease. God will deliver me from that sickness. God will deliver for me from whatever it is. I want to be able to see Jesus on the cross. I want to be able to see him high and lifted up like, like Isaiah said. I want to see him high and lifted up to know he can get me out of my ditch, out of my problems, out of whatever I've been going through, out of poverty, out of sickness, out of disease, out of low self-esteem, out of whatever it is the devil tries to put me in. And the only way you're going to do that you got to follow those who see Jesus. Don't follow the blind because the blind gonna lead you into the ditch. But if you follow those who see Jesus, you're going to be seeing things clearer. You'll have better wisdom, better knowledge, better understanding. You'll be able to see things as they really are. You'll be able to go out. He's going to show you things to come. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center And visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.